So we have uh, different ways of meeting our experience. Very often we, um, when something happens, we think about it. Well, first of all, perhaps we get an emotional response to it. Mm. So you, you sense something and you feel a bit disturbed by it. And you think, what's that? We try to figure it out, come to an answer, a solution of some kind, or ask someone else to think about it. What do you think it is? <laughs> What do you think I should do? <laughs> so we rely on those two two systems to guide us, and uh, mm, but the more um, meditative responses through through this uh, meeting things with awareness. This supervisory sense, as we we feel it, we sense what's happening. We don't really have an answer. It doesn't work in terms of answers. We're not really. Um, it's not about approving or disapproving. Not about an emotional reaction of any kind. And it is, but it is uh, attuned and responsive. And the first. Uh, on this level, it's the sense of it is, is empathy. Is oh, it's rather like the the lake; it ripples, it ripples. And uh, when you are with that experience, then the rippling arises and passes. You know, so in some ways, as an idea, that's all there is to understand. It arises and passes. But of course, that doesn't summarize. That's just a very brief outline of the experience because in the arising and passing of of phenomena there's also um, uh, particular blocks get shifted that is we're holding on to something you know you recognize yourself you're holding on to a particular attitude or you know memory or expectation and this kind of realization occurs and you, there's something you can release that rippling kind of helps to shake or dislodge some of the ways in which we we cling so that's the really the process of meditation is like that because you you know you're not trying to justify or accuse or project blame onto others or interject blame onto yourself but just to feel the feeling in the feeling as the Buddha says you feel it rippling and then the bit the clinging bit gets gets loosened by that, gets shaken by that. Most of us, you see, there's a very fundamental instinct, fundamental instinct we have for stability. We always want to find a center, solid ground. Yeah, we know who we are, know what we should do, know what other people think, that we are okay, the future is okay, and so on. And uh, all these are actually um, changeable, as you you'll recognise. You know, what you are seems to change. Who you are seems to change. Where you are seems to change. What people think seems to change. The future is uncertain. The past is depends how you look at it. So it's all very variable, and yet something in us seeks stability. And that's a that's a, such a fundamental um, instinct. 
and the like many of these deeply rooted wishes and inclinations it has a truth to it the problem is we're looking for it in the wrong place you know, you're looking for it you're looking for that one looks for so- that in something that actually isn't that way it can't provide that but what can provide it is right there where you know that this can't provide it that knowledge itself which is not an intellectual knowledge, it's a realisation of, oh, that's very steady. It's very equanimous, it's it's emotionally steady. It's not an idea that's forced and held up and, you know, but it's just a, a kind of a, a humbling realisation. And then the mind releases what it's been trying to find security in, what it's trying to find stability in, let's go of that. We find ourselves strangely steady, strangely peaceful. It's a big one, the times that you accept death, the times that you actually come to the place you accept loss. You know, not just uh, be brave about it or so on, but you really have made peace with that. Those are some of the steadiest and uh, purest times that we have. what are called the religious experiences a sense of uh, vulnerability when that's really accepted is is very uh, stable because then what what we're really resting on is an awareness of the predicament an awareness of the situation rather than an idea about it or an emotional, you know, reverberation with that. Mm. It's a sort of a quiet, steady, sane, mm, it's like that. And within, as you come to that, to come to that, you often find that the various panics or wishes or urges come rushing up, you know, and then they, they're like the ripples you meet an experience uh, what can I do, what should I do oh, is it this, is it that and then oh, and then the rippling you see that experience that those mo- as movements and just let them pass and you come to a very much more um, stable ground that you haven't isn't arrived at through clinging it's arrived at through non-clinging through letting go that's the you know what the Buddha was teaching about non-grasping as being the way out of suffering, out of that uh, shaky, unsettled, anxious state, unnerved state, incomplete state. So we look for the steady. It's actually much closer. Perhaps it isn't where we want it to be. <laughs> I would like to be able to figure it out. I would like to be able to know it. I would like things to work. I would like, you know.
calming the mind is is so that we this these experiences of realization actually come in in the mind is softer so it doesn't have to be really shaken around it's it's much softer it's it's looser it's more fluid so you calm it steady it ease it soothe it so it's prepared to release it's a lot more fluid like that calming is not gripping hanging on tightening up to get concentrated calming is about easing accompanied by qualities of joy and ease that's what calming is about it's called joy and ease it's not a rigid holding on fixation so it's it's a kind of an, an emotive experience It's also embodied. This is really, really helpful. That awareness is 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 embodied. The supervisory awareness is embodied as much as it is a mental experience. In fact, it straddles those two ways in which we define our lives. And it's either physical or, you know, mental. Well, we, mental I mean either psychological or emotional. So you have that in the. So in the customarily um, you know understanding so that, well this is physical that's material that's rocks and stones and bones and meat and this is immaterial that's thoughts and feelings and so on that's an immaterial experience they're two different things and yet um, as it, in, in the human um, humanity um they 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 may they may they look very they can look very different one you can see with your eyes the other you don't see, the other you don't see but actually both run for the same the same nerve endings right. and you also recognize there's a strong resonance between particularly you can notice it very easily in powerful emotional states have bodily effects and bodily effects have emotional states so you you're feeling sick nauseous you don't you generally feel a bit depressed <laughs> you don't feel ebullient obviously when you feel angry you feel tense and hard and and you know charged up because these you know these things are neurochemicals running this stuff so there's this bodily emotional um, cross-referencing and similarly yeah, um, the commonest ways in which we experience awareness is, is either through um, a bodily sense you know awareness comes as a, a sense of I feel kind of spacious you know I feel lack of pressure I feel uh, in the body feels at ease I feel balanced we talk about things in that way uh, there's no, I, you know, the things are off my back. We talk about it like that. My head, I feel my head is held up. You know, we talk things like that. My heart is open. We talk about things like that. So there is there is a bodily sense of that. And the, um, you know, so this is called the somatic sense. Somatic sense. Somatic sense means it's the way the body Sent is is senses itself, or the supervisory overall sense of 
of not what particular local effects are happening to the body, but the overall sense of being in a body where it feels safe, threatened, um, you know. So sometimes, you know, you may find yourself in particular places, dark places, crowded places, where you don't feel comfortable and you feel a sense of nervousness in your body. Your hair stands on end, you get goose flesh, you get feel gripping in your stomach, you feel something's not quite right. Mm. So that the, you know, you get this supervision of an overall experience and you get a bodily effects from that. Gut knowledge, you might say. And it's, it's very useful to tune into that because though it's not terribly... Um, Articulate, it doesn't give you a whole lot of cognitive data. It does give you a, a simple readout. And it often, um, and it's, it's, it's unmistakable. You can't think your way out of it. You can't deny it. You can't deny that you feel tense. You don't, can't deny that you feel unwelcomed. You feel unsettled mm, with you. Whatever the, however you can reason that you shouldn't feel that way or <laughs> you do feel that way. And so, and um, when you tune into that, you can recognize where you're, you know, really what you're, where you're emotionally pitched. So when the somatic sense is, is at ease, then the mind naturally settles down. When you feel comfortable at ease, somatic sense, uh, the, the mind calms down. Similarly, it's uh, you, when you you might say you reach this by asking, "Where am I? Where are you? Where am I?" And it's something you kind of when you've really asked that question, not on a cognitively, but what when you feel you are, you feel you kind of you suddenly your, your whole bodily sense kind of picks up. Here it is. It's here. You feel, and you might feel solid, or you might feel bits missing you might feel a bit spacey but it's it's this so that's that's that um it doesn't have a lot of complications to it so you recognize that when you meet things with your thoughts and emotions when you rely upon those two senses they start proliferating it's proliferation body doesn't proliferate just gives you that the mental stuff proliferates that is you feel some you feel an emotion and maybe you feel awkward about that emotion and then you think about why you feel awkward about it and then that, that thought makes you feel agitated so you f- you think you should try and sort this out and calm down and maybe it's because of this and that and the other and then you, the mind starts proliferating or breaking the experience up into a whole lot of variables and shoulds and couldn'ts and in the past and because of this and maybe it's that and they always do this so the whole thing kind of cascades that's proliferation it can cascade outwardly about other people and about you know what a situation's like and how they've got it wrong and it should be this way and that way and or you can cascade inwardly how I am like this and I always was like that and I never got that right it's probably because of this that and the other and my ascendant and my my 
you know, whatever it might, Zodiac or something or the other. So you get this internal stuff. So <laughs> and all that, it just keeps cascading and one keeps resonating with it. So it doesn't actually do that. You know, the ripples keep coming and each ripple sets off another ripple. So you get the whole lake starts to just shimmer until there's no ability to really get a recognizable reflection anymore because it's just everything is dancing and moving. The bodily sense ripples and then it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't proliferate. It's not great on specific specifics. You just can't quite know why, but you feel this or you feel that. And then you just got to, but for a meditator, that's, that's okay because you're training yourself to tune into a particular experiences and just stay with it. It doesn't have to be a lot. You know, you've got all, all day. <laughs> At least, yeah. just to tune into that. Oh, what is this? I don't know. Just stay with it until it reveals itself. Yeah. Yeah. So it's also uh, on the mental level that somatic sense is, is um, it's not an emotion, it's not a thought, but on the mental level it's more like intuitive, we might say. Intuitive or imaginative. Like what's it, what's it like? What does it feel like? How would you, you have to kind of keep sort of questioning, not in a rational way, but in an imaginative way. What would it be like if... Yeah, maybe it feels like you've got a, um, something stirring away inside of you, or you feel there's a lot of pressure, or you feel like um, your head is, you know, you feel physically imbalanced, or you feel you, yeah, you've got just a big head with nothing underneath it, <laughs> and then uh, you know we, so you get the kind of imaginative references to that. And also you get Im imaginative um, resolutions when we're stuck. Like, what, 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 what was really needed? So times I myself come to these, uh, you know, I've been in situations living in, in a pretty boundaryless community which is all knitted up with other communities, monasteries, so there's always stuff flowing in and out from any number of people, you know, from other monasteries, from visitors, from guests, from the residents. There's always stuff flowing around. <laughs> so it's it's a continual kind of uh, crabs running running off the plate experience. You get five on and one's creeping off the other side. You get that one on one of the other side. So it's this, there's not just five crabs, it's like a thousand crabs and you're trying to keep them all in on the plate. One, and you think, oh. So trying, trying to, you know, keep it all somehow steady or stable, you know, manageable or, or yeah, you know, like if you've got, you know, in, like you've got a big family, you recognize that in that family, Somebody's always having a tiff with somebody else. <laughs> it's just like, it goes on like that. And you're trying to, well, no, no, it's all right now. Let's, that's okay. Now, oops, somebody else has gone off now. <laughs> it's all kind of, kind of small human stuff, a lot of it. But it's very big. 
You may think the monasteries are nice little havens of serenity, which in some ways they are, but they're also uh, human melting pots (laughs) where people melt down. And uh, they're they're open systems. That is, people just you know come in and visit, stay for a while, and bring whatever they have. And they're also interconnected with. Uh, you can any moment of the day import other people's suffering <laughs> or confusion. So you know you can think, oh, what am I going to do about this? What do I do about that? And then you know, what about where's the sangha going in the future? What can we do about? You know, this monastery in this country, and this situation, this particular topic of the vinya, this particular aspect of the dhamma, this point, this problem with the finances, this sense of dissent, dissent in, in between these people. You know, so you have these whole ranges of of, of unresolved material coming up, and uh, you you can you can lose yourself in it. So you, you know, I can kind of get a sense of you know, what to do and how can I get this done and sort this out and what's the solution to this and that and this and that and uh, you can set up a better situation or an improved situation. And so, just being able to come back to to the to the to bodily sense. What is really needed is not another piece of procedure or another person to run this or this, that, or this, that. What is just needed is um, breathing out. (laughs) 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 It's very simple and direct. That isn't necessarily the end of the story, but it's the end of the of the lock. It's the end of the trap. And you breathe out. And you, oh well. Come to think of it, it's always been like this, hasn't it? Yeah. And come to think of it, it's really not that big a deal. Not that much of a problem. You know. You know. It's, it's suddenly you know the whole scenario can change. So it doesn't provide one with answers, but it does provide releases and resolutions. And sometimes, because of that release and resolution, you get an answer. You think, that's it, do that. And sometimes you go, there isn't an answer. (laughs) Right now there isn't an answer. So we'll just wait on that. And you know how to wait, and you know, you know, you're not waiting out of fear, just waiting or waiting in a kind of stagnant state. But right now, it isn't. Our answer isn't there, and you're very, you feel quite stable in that. You know, it's it's sometimes an answer comes, sometimes it doesn't. But you you have a place of stability where you don't feel frustrated, trapped, teetering on the edge. Uh, trying racking your brains, trying to figure out having sleepless nights, trying to work at it, you know, 
right now that there isn't an answer. But you can be at peace with that. Because that also, um, that sense, that, that awareness also is a tremendous resource. You know, because it feels spacious, it feels stable. It's, it's, it is the one thing that you most, we most need. If there's one thing we need, always it's that. If other needs that sometimes, a lot of time get met, sometimes don't get met. But the one that you most need that can get met is that. Which is great, isn't it? Then the rest of it, nobody wants to die, nobody wants to get sick, nobody wants to have loss and grief, but (laughs) it's going to (laughs) happen. But... uh, you know, so you try to provide ways in which it doesn't happen, but you can't you can't really rest and be stable on that. But you can rest and be stable on well, as th- when this is coming, then I can be I can hold that with awareness and process the confusion, the anxiety, or the panic, or the grief that comes up. I can let those waves ripple through. So that's that's the bit, that's the thing that can holds it all, can hold it all. And it's not, you know, the level of an idea. It's not purely a mental or psychological experience. It's an embodied experience. You know, it covers both. When we so as we practice, we often practice mindfulness of the body to um, almost deliberately open up the the channels, the the nerves, the sensitivities, the embodied receptivity, so that you're experiencing the body not purely as the the sensations, but as the, the awareness of the sensations, awareness of energies. And uh, that awareness can be extended so you you know it's rather like having the um, you can extend it beyond your body right having cat the whiskers of a cat you know you can you can feel out you can extend out you can sense the space around you so you can extend your awareness and you can st- be stable in that so this is one fundamental uh, process, meditative process that the Buddha taught. Mindfulness established through the body. Calm established through the body. Uh, samadhi established through the body. Breathing in and out established through the body. Through the bodily sense of that. All these exercise, tune in, tone up, extend, massage, bring alive that function, that, that awareness function, that somatic sense. The other is cultivation of the Brahma-vihara, metta, karuna, mudita, upeka, kindness, compassion, appreciative joy, and equanimity. And their, their fundament, their basis 
is called anukampang, which means empathy. That's the basis of all of them. That is, you're able to allow yourself to, to resonate with what is experienced. And this, this was the, the um, experience that the caused the Buddha to teach. If you um, think in the, when they ask for a desana, they use this very word. Anukampimang means there's a sense of out of empathy, out of a sense of sympathy or compassion or fellow feeling. Anukampa means to, 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 to shake or to, to shiver or to resonate along with. It means you, you, you sense something. Mm. And then, um, you know, that can then branches out into these four Brahma-Vihara, dependent kind of on what is it, what is the appropriate response, what's the appropriate res- response to, to what's being experienced. But the fundamental one is just to, just to, just to resonate with it. Mm. And keep the resonance just very simple. It does it's not a doing thing. It's not a resolving anything. It's just just sensing it, letting yourself ripple with it, because that actually is the, the in a way the um, the most straight. Because then you let you let your heart, your mind ripple with something. You're not trying to figure out what to do or what you should feel. You're just acknowledging there is that. And the mind needs to do that because the mind is actually not a solid thing. It's a, it's a, it is a resonant experience. So it comes alive. You might say it's the what happens when you ask, how are you with this? Indifferent, bored happy, sad, irritated, you know, the the first thing is there's an acknowledgement that you're affected. And then just keeping it at that level, just being and not letting it not producing things out of that but just keeping at that level a gentle sensitivity Mm. patterns arise by themselves and uh, if they're allowed to arise they're also allowed to pass patterns of emotional experience Mm. where these two come together is the experience of joy and ease which is the um the gateway or the beginning of what's called right concentration or right collectedness, so which is both bodily and um, emotional, a sense of happiness, comfort, and an em- embodiment with that. And so if you look at the, or you, if you practice, you're kind of trying to just tune into where these, where these two aspects meet where you feel comfortable in yourself, where you feel attuned in yourself, where you feel you can be with something, you're not kind of dull, spaced out, reactive, and you can feel it in your embodied. Mm. You get a sense of something you can, you can, um, standing, walking, sitting, 
feeling the sensations in your body, feeling the structure of your body, then maybe being able to just center around breathing, bringing that uh, and there's a process there's a step by step quality to that, so if you just can think of mindfulness of breathing and you want to concentrate, the chances are that you just skip some of the essential steps. You know, we look for a particular point to hold on to, to get steady. You know, and some it can be taught like that. You know, just find a particular point in your nose, hold on there, hold it steady, and you get concentrated. Maybe you do, but whether that's right concentration, whether it gives rise to joy and ease, is another question. And um, it's my experience is that for many people, that way of doing it. Um, it also brings in um, frustration, tension, um, you know, kind of negative, negative traits. If you feel comfortable, and it's a sense of psychologically comfortable, you have no regrets, you have no ill will, you have no um, resentments, you're kind of okay with yourself, you've accepted yourself, your awareness is not compressed, you're not defending, you're not trying to get, grab something, then a cent centering starts to arise, the center starts to form, and you feel almost what comes to the fore in terms of the body is a sense of the warmth, the simplicity of it, the inner quality of it, and then the breathing in and out. It's just the rhythm of something like home base, breathing in and out. It feels comfortable. It comes to you. You don't have to reach for it. It comes to you. and Just keep listening and tuning into that. Yeah. And the whole mode of it is, this is just sort of a comfortable inclination, something you enjoy. Something is a movement of your spirit towards that which is bright, enjoyable, rewarding, meaningful, not superimposed, something you've got to do. Uh, the work that you've got to do, because you've, you know, <laughs> in class now, so you've got to do your, your work. It's, no, it's not. That isn't the right approach. And, you know, at different times and different people, we may need to review our psychological life, you know, things that concern us and make peace with those. Or, you know, you may prefer to work more on just on a physical level. You know, it's generally going to be a mixture of both because you can never, it's unlikely that every every issue in your life is going to be resolvable <laughs> this time so you just kind of well that's I've done what I can with that I can now put that aside and uh, uh, so you've got some sense of, of uh, completion yeah, of okayness of I, I, I can put that aside for now and then tuning into your body and so there's a sense that uh, and the these, this, uh, this what awareness will tell you you can't you can't force past it 
you may think you know that you and you you've all done retreats before. I'm sure you you know you go we go through this you think you're going to write this retreat I'm really going to do this and after two days you know no you're not <laughs> it ain't going that way it's going this way <laughs> and it looks like you've got to resolve some issue you've had with so and so so and so you've got to actually come to terms with that first of all because you can't you can't you can't skip past what what's the you know the the what's really there for you uh, but uh being here uh, and feeling it in this kind of quiet resonant way not a reactive way but a embodied resonant way that's the way to to clear it as you clear it you'll come to these times when you're s- the stillness the gladness is relief and then perhaps something else will come up another duck lands <laughs> in the pond <laughs> and you have to follow that to go with that so if you want to do a 45 minute sitting so if you want to stretch your legs before that